if I choose to make myself suffer a little bit each morning with running with a hoodie on mm-hmm. during a summer morning, yeah, and I start the day with some discomfort, mm-hmm. if I force myself to be present even though my brain wants to wander, mm-hmm. it makes it easier to suffer in little ways later on in the day too. Yeah. Because I haven't started the day by trying to avoid suffering. everybody. Thanks for listening. This is part two of our health and fitness discussion. Now, we originally recorded a health episode soon after our exercise one, but when we went back and listened to the health part, we realized that the, uh, the mixing was off and we wanted to give a better quality experience, so we re-recorded. If you notice in our episode list, the exercise and health parts are not back-to-back. That's why Uh, But this is a part two. It was great this time around because we ended up stepping back and talking a good bit, not just about what we do with health practically, but also the importance of um, taking personal responsibility for your life. So it seems like it was a really worthwhile conversation, and we hope you find it beneficial for you. Let's see. At this point, Macklin and I are officially public with our podcast. I guess, as you know, if you're listening right now, we've decided to call it the Small Town Podcast. So, brief housekeeping. If you enjoy the content in these episodes, one huge way you can help us is by leaving reviews on iTunes. This helps improve our viewership on the platform, and also the feedback is helpful for us as we seek to improve our content. All right. Welcome to the Small Town Podcast. You've got exercise, diet, and sleep, and they all work together. And some people enter the cycle easier with one and the other. Yeah. I think I've really started to own it with diet. Yeah. Whereas you, it's been more exercise, uh, exercise than anything else. Um, but what's your, what's your motivation? Because you, you're pretty consistent with it. Yeah. So I guess I'll sort of lead into um, the, so the way that I live my life as a whole and I think I, the motto that I sort of you could like emblazon over my whole life would be you get out of it what you put into it. <clears throat> and hand in hand with that is take responsibility for your own life. Um, so with that being said, um, like we were talking in particular about mental health and how how we we make sure that that doesn't deteriorate or go down the drain and I was I was mentioning to you about how um, that mental health is only a byproduct of the the what I put into my life in terms of if I'm intentional about every aspect of my life I'm intentional about my relationship with my wife even though it takes more effort than sitting in front of a TV going on a walk or taking her out on a date or something like that is going to inherently make our relationship better over time. And so your life is happier. If the same way with, with uh, health, exercise, and fitness, it's all, it's all related to me into what can I, what I put into it, I'm, I'm going to reap as a reward. Um, and sometimes, and like, you know, I think there's pros and cons to that. I think because I don't think you're, it's always going to be a one-to-one ratio 
but it is meaning it's easier to build one than the other more like what you put into it doesn't always get returned to you at the same level okay um however it's a better motto to live than as easy as go as easy as you can kind of thing i mean so yeah well there definitely are some things that you can put your energy towards that will help you accomplish the goal better. Yeah. So like you can be intentional about brain games or you can be intentional about, uh, exercise, which has been shown to help brain activity. Yeah. So, I mean, there might be intention both ways, but one is inherently more effective than the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I see what you're saying. It's, it has to start with with taking responsibility for it. Yeah. And not just assuming that things are going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Yeah. So let's sort of go over what is health as a overall, like what are we talking about here? Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, we started with the what we kind of called the health wheel, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. where each thing cycles into the other. Um, your sleep affects your ability to exercise and your food habits. And then your food habits affect your, uh, your sleep patterns mm-hmm. and, and your, it, it all, they all work together. Yeah. Um, I guess the question is what all's in the wheel and what's not. Is, yeah. that, is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, I guess so. Um, or more like, why is this important? Um, is it important? Um, so I guess, yeah. So I think, I think for me, um, like you said earlier, the, the part that I am able to, that I do most naturally is going to be the exercise portion of that. And I don't really consciously control my diet, um, other than to just try and eat healthy foods. Um, and then I don't really consciously regulate my sleep because I have a pretty easy sleep schedule. It's not hard to mm-hmm. get into a routine where you have, since your job is second shift, you kind of have to be really mindful of that. So, yeah, I usually on work days, I don't, I don't often get to sleep until one thirty, So I have to one thirty AM, one thirty AM. Yeah, yeah. So I have to force myself to sleep a little longer than I naturally would. I'm naturally a morning person. So waking up at six or seven would be a lot more natural than waking up at nine AM. Yeah. But I've got to sleep that long in order to keep my sanity. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's maybe talk a little bit about morning routines. Sure. And because I, I know you have a really intense morning routine that you stick to re- very regularly. Yeah, do you do you want to talk about yours first or do you want me to talk about mine? Um I'll talk about mine. Okay. Um so my my morning schedule is wake up at 5.45. Uh, first thing I do, actually, this is switched this week, but uh, basically on my list of to-do things before breakfast is um, read my scriptures, um, have a workout, um, and then eat breakfast. What What time frame are we talking here? For all those things? Yeah. 5.45 to 7.30. My wife serves breakfast at 7.30, like every day. Uh, that's my cutoff time. So however I apportion that time is up to me. But okay. pretty much 5.45, 7.30. So what is that? 
uh, an hour and 45 minutes. How long do you have to sleep in order to keep that consistent? Like, what time do you go to bed at night? I go to bed at uh, anywhere between 9 and 10. I like to make it closer to 9 because it's a lot easier to get up at 5.45 when I go to bed at 9 than when I go to bed at 10. Um, So that's sort of the schedule. Um, And the reason I say it changes is because I'm studying for a test that is coming up in a week, so I've actually switched some things around, but mostly that that's my that's been my that's been my morning routine um and by having that morning routine i've noticed that i've been able to by starting my morning routine by in in saying i'm going to do something even though i don't want to do it it's given me the ability to do that throughout the rest of the day so if i like for instance this is small but i don't want to change my son's diaper but because this morning i woke up and said I'm going to do something because even though I didn't want to, I'm able to change my son's diaper even though I don't want to kind of thing. And just small little things like that help me to take responsibility. And that has an effect on the rest of the day? Like if you start in that mode? Yeah. I I don't know if it has something as specific as like changing my son's diaper. I mean, that's, that's a little too specific, I think. But just by and large, like it's more like if I, if I choose to sleep in, uh, which is important to do some mornings, I think. But if I choose to sleep in and kind of wake up at 7.30 and then have breakfast, the rest of the day kind of follows in that fashion where, um, you know, maybe my study study time wasn't as effective or maybe I didn't, maybe that day, like, I didn't intentionally seek out time with my wife and we just kind of winged it and wound up watching Friends or something like that, you know? Uh, whereas the other way where I'm, where I'm taking responsibility for my morning and choosing, the, the, the key word is doing something even though you don't want to. Like you've, gotta, you've got to force yourself to do something that you don't want to because life is full of that. I mean, if you, you know, people that think that they can just go by in an easy manner and, and just kind of float on, like I said at the very beginning of this episode, it's like, that's what you're going to get out of life. You're just going right. to, you know, your life's going to kind of suck. It's not going to be really bad or really good. It's just going to be, you know, kind of sucky. Yeah. You just live your life in a, a period. Yeah. So um, so what do you tell yourself in the moment when you get up and you wanted to sleep in a little bit longer, but you know you're supposed to get yeah. up and, and start your, your morning ritual? Well, I'll just say that, I'm speaking out of someone who doesn't do this perfectly. Like but you're last trying. week, yes, I'm trying. Last yeah. week was bad, and it just varies, you know. But uh, but the mornings that I'm successful, there's no magic anything. I've tried putting apps on my phone that make it harder to wake up. Have you heard of those where you have to like do a math problem before the alarm start before the alarm turns? Sounds off? like torture. Yeah, and it didn't help me at all. <laughs> and then I've tried. Never heard of those before. Um, I've tried having my wife wake me up in a friendly fashion, which winds up not so friendly. <laughs> um, and then, but really what works for best for me is I have an alarm set for about five or 10 minutes before I actually want to get up. Yeah. So I hit snooze twice, once or twice. And then, and like in my head, and really the biggest thing that helps me is to rehearse what I'm going to do that morning, mm-hmm. the night before. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying there getting sleepy lights are off and in my head I'm going like I'm already practicing for the morning I'm like okay yeah. alarm goes off 5:30 30 
hit snooze, 5.45, you're out of the bed. And I'm like, put your pants on, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I don't do that, I almost never, I almost never make it up. I'll second that. Um, in that same vein, one thing that I found that's really helpful for me is laying out the clothes that I'm going to wear first thing in the morning, yeah. the night before, so I don't have to find them. Mm-hmm. For some reason, if I can't find what I'm looking for, I get so aggravated. Like, few things ruin my day as wow. easily as not being able to find what I'm looking for. Wow. If my keys are gone, that just ruins everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll get behind that. Okay. Do you, do you rehearse it in your head? I guess, I, well, so we've talked about my morning routine. Give us a lowdown on the overarching, yeah, yeah. and then let's get specific. I, I right? guess I kind of do plan it because I keep I use the calendar app on yeah. my phone, so I include that in the calendar. I'll just type in morning ritual. So okay. I guess it sort of is, but it also is consistent enough that I don't really have to think that much about it. I, it's pretty much the same every day. The only day when I don't do this consistently is Sunday mornings, just because Sunday mornings are, are busier. There's church involved and stuff, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so six days of the week, um, yeah, this is what my morning looks like. Um, I wake up, uh, a few minutes before 9am and have just some time just with me and God, just some prayer time. Mm -hmm. And then, um, hopefully my clothes are already there from the night before. So I throw those on and I go for, um, a morning run first thing in the morning. This is how I like to start the day. And I do two miles every morning. Um, And the way that the roads are set up around where we live, one lap around is 0.7. So I know that if I do three laps, Mm -hmm. it's going to be almost exactly two miles. Mm -hmm. Um, I use uh, an app called RunKeeper that helps a lot. I know you've had some experience with RunKeeper. Yep, too much. It's, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It is helpful, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So that helps me... uh, it helps me get into running mode when I'm so used to turning on the app. Um, so you do this every time you run three laps? I use RunKeeper every time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because I know you know what the distance is. Yeah, I like to see at the end how fast I did it. Okay. I'm not trying to do it as fast as I can, but it's motivating to know yeah. that, uh, that it's been clocked. Okay. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's a small level of accountability, yeah. I guess. Okay. So um, two-mile run... Um, I like to run with, uh, with a hoodie mm-hmm. because, uh, especially this time of year, because it gets me really sweaty. It's, it's uncomfortably hot. Mm-hmm. And I actually, that's part of the ritual. Okay. Um, it kind of gets into what you were talking about with the little bit of suffering to right. start the day actually yeah. helps you with the rest of the day. Okay. So it's like, I'm kind of choosing my suffering first thing in the morning. Yeah. Well, it's better to choose suffering than have it thrust than upon Than have you. it. Yeah. Yeah. Picked for you. Um, <laughs> Well, it also makes the cold shower that much better yeah, afterwards, yeah, which we'll yeah. get into that. Yeah, that's important. So um, so I run with a hoodie two miles. Um, I'm not a fast runner, so for anyone listening who cares about running times, I'm, I usually do it in about between 18 and 19 minutes mm-hmm. total. So that's not that fast, mm-hmm. um, but it's also faster than just a jog. So right. um, let's see. The first Here's a cool, quick, quick little question. Yeah. I've noticed you run uh, a little faster on some parts of that course than others. Mm-hmm. Do you notice that? And I, is there a specific reason? I don't, I don't think there's a specific reason. I, I know I'm usually running faster at the end than I am at the beginning. Yeah. And that's just because I've just woken up at the beginning. Yeah. So you can only go so fast when you've just woken right. up. Right. <laughs> 
the first lap, um, I only focus on breathing. Good call. The second lap, I, I've, been, I've been trying to experiment with some meditation, and so that's what I focus on the second lap. I try to do something different each of the three laps. Okay. So first lap, only focus on breathing. Second lap, only focus on uh, what my senses pick up. So I'll only focus on, like, something I feel or something I see, you focus something I solely, hear. Like, let's just say you picked up a twig. And you're holding that, like that kind just of sensory. Just focus on that, yeah, as opposed to thinking about what the day is going to be or thinking about what happened yesterday. Okay. And trying to stay just present in the moment. Okay. And it's really hard to do when you're running. What do you? What is it that you wind up focusing on? Uh, usually something visual or, or the heat. Usually okay. by that point, I'm sweaty, so I'll just focus on the heat. Okay. And it actually, I've noticed that focusing on pain is actually easier than focusing on not pain. something pleasant. Okay. That's kind of weird how that is, but uh, maybe why the ascetics used to torture themselves so much is it actually helped them get into the mindset. The I don't who? know. The who? The ascetics. Okay. The people that used to live out in the desert and, you know, okay. beat themselves up. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, some some of them. <laughs> they were crazy. It's not like something I want to do. Yeah. Um, so the second lap, I only focus on what my senses pick up. Okay. Afterwards, if it if it's a I don't know. If it feels like a profound experience, I'll write about it afterwards. Okay. Um, but it's usually not. Right. It's usually just, it's cloudy today or something like that. That's but your I'll, meditation? It's cloudy I'll, today? I'll try to just focus on something. Okay. Yeah. Um, is that what meditation is? Focusing on one thing only with the exception of nothing else? That's a good question. Um, because I thought meditation was making everything go out of your brain. I did too. I did too. Um, I think those who are well-versed in meditation would probably say that both are headed towards the same goal. Okay. But I've been listening to um, a guy named Sam Harris. Okay. Who does a lot with meditation. And he talks a lot about how it's not so much emptying yourself completely as it is being present to whatever you're involved in at that exact moment. Okay. So even while I'm podcasting with you, okay. I'm my mind keeps trying to wander to other stuff. Yeah. I'm sure. just I'm just really bad about that. Okay. Um and I think some people are have an easier time of it than others, okay. but I in particular have a really hard time with it. And so trying to be present in the moment is uh is a very difficult challenge for me, but okay. also something that I want to get better at. Okay. So starting the day with that seems to help to set the tone. Yeah, I was going to ask, what has the, why do you do this? Just, I mean, why would you want to focus on running? Uh, or the sensor, whatever it is that you do on lap two. Like, it's not so much that I want to blend running and meditation. It's that I want to start the day with both. Like, I want to start with exercise. Okay. But I also want to start with some kind of meditative practice. So it just kind of made sense to try to combine them. Plus, okay. it's an extra challenge because it's, it's, I think it's a little harder to, uh, to do something mentally while you're also running okay. because running is so all-consuming. Right, definitely. Um, I, so have, I do yeah. something similar. Oh, do you? Okay. Um, and I'll just comment quickly on I've noticed that when I'm running and it gets hard, my tendency is for my head to hang. 
And, okay. and for me to look down and focus on where my next foot fall is going to land. Um, but somewhere along the marathon training, I realized that even though it's harder mentally, it's extremely important to look up. I don't know if this is something that you've found to be helpful for you, but just in terms of getting through the run, I have, uh, and to do it well, um, I have to do two things. One, and they go hand in hand. One, I have to look up at where like the end destination is towards the end goal. Even though I can't see the finish line, I can know where it is. And, uh, and instead of looking down, I, my head has to be high. And two, I have to know, I have to know, I have to hope, I have to believe that I can do it well. So particularly on the second half of the run, this is when I'm typically starting to gear up to go faster mm-hmm. and I'm trying to finish strong kind of thing. And this happened to me this week. Monday, I didn't run in the morning. I ran in the afternoon. Uh, and it was a little warmer than it is in the morning. And so those variables uh, kind of messed me up a little bit. And my running time was horrible. Like it, And it wasn't just because it was a little warmer or just because I had had eaten more food at that point of the day than I had would have in the morning. But it was also because I didn't believe that I could I didn't believe in myself to run it that way, and I kept my head down instead of head up. So, I think so it's, much of this stuff is mental. Yeah, so much of it. Okay, I didn't realize. Did we talk about when did we talk about marathon stuff? We've talked about this, uh, yeah, with this, podcasting before. Yeah, did we talk about how much of it is mental? We, I think we may have mentioned it, but I want to keep hearing about your. Okay, your all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's stay focused. All right, so second lap, uh, try to focus just on sensory stuff. Yeah, yeah. the third lap. We haven't talked about this before, so this is going to sound weird. Okay. I have this thing that I've that I've been doing for about a month now where I call it consulting my demon. Okay. So I, I like the name. This is this is this is what happens. By the third lap, it's not fun. Mm-mm. And there's usually something that riles up and it's pushing back against trying to meditate, mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. The yeah. running's uncomfortable. Trying to not think about other stuff is also uncomfortable. And, uh, I mean, I've just started the day, so throwing that all on me first thing in the morning, there's just there's something in me that kind of tries to rebel against that okay. almost every morning. Okay. So what I try to do is I try to imagine myself, uh, like, fractionating. So there's, like, different parts of me. Okay. And and there's there's this the 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 evil part of me mm-hmm. the part that that wants to just be angry at everybody and wants to just sleep in yeah the, the part of me that I don't like and that I'm trying to conquer okay um I let him talk okay and I let him say what he wants to say and it's usually a complaint of some kind okay and so I hear him out and then. So you break yourself into two pieces, basically. Uh, yeah, okay. and and then I and then I and then I. I want to say I deal with him, but I do that by letting letting him speak, and then. And then it's easier to put that aside. Okay. Instead of just trying to quell it. Okay. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. I no. don't think I've ever talked about this it with makes, another person before. It so. makes a lot of sense. Um. Um, there's a, does it it have, does it have, uh, does doing this, 
and since we're talking about doing this in laps, does it does this take up the entire lap, or by the end of the lap, you're like you've conquered your demon? No, it doesn't usually take that long. Okay, it doesn't usually take that long. Um, I, I I picked this up from um, something that Joe Rogan said actually. Okay. Um, and it it was just an offhand comment. He had someone on his show who was extremely athletic, someone who had done some crazy amount of pull-ups. It was unbelievable the amount of pull-ups he did. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember the guy's name, but I remember the story, and he broke some world record. Yeah. And they were talking about someone else who had broken some other record in running, um, an ultra-marathon runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joe Rogan made some offhand comment like, wow, she must have quite a demon. Mm-hmm. And that, that comment has stuck in my head ever yeah. since. And at the same time, I've been reading, um, there's, a, there's a psychologist uh, named uh, Jordan Peterson, and he studies a lot of Carl Jung. Carl Jung talks about uh, integrating your shadow. And so this is kind of a, a way to try to put that into practice. Are there dangers associated with this? Have you ever failed? Well, I think the danger would probably be dwelling too much on it. I mean, you don't want to think about how horrible of a person you are all the time. Yeah. But there's also a danger in, in, the other in trying to suppress it. Okay. And I think, I think I would err more on the trying to suppress it side. Okay. Yeah. I would too. Because I don't want to hear myself think that. Um, so, like, here's a practical example. Yeah. Oftentimes what it is, what, what my demon says first thing in the morning is uh, it wants to, like, control the day. And, and I'm starting to, first thing in the morning, stress about all the stuff that's about to happen that I'm not allowing myself to think about. Okay. So if I let it have it say, and I let it, uh, and, and I let it, uh, express its uh, rebellious frustration. Okay. Then it's either then it's easier to put it aside after it's spoken. Okay. It's uh. It's like it's like we're able to negotiate almost. Okay. How does it? How does how does this want to um, manifest itself in terms of? It just is it saying just go back to sleep, Connor. Or Some, sometimes. Saying, okay. Yeah, sometimes. And you're like, well, and then by the end, you're like, I'm not going to go to sleep. Like, if I didn't get, if I didn't get enough sleep the night before, that's, that'll would, probably be what it is. Would it, would have, would running, if you had, if you didn't do this consciously, wouldn't getting up in the morning and running do that for you anyways without it being conscious? Probably. It probably would. I don't think there's anything magical here. Yeah. Um, but now that you're aware of it, it's sort of inf- it's sort of giving you some sort of. It's a way to kind of align my my body, my my mind mm-hmm. and my spirit all at the same time. Okay. I think you could do this in more ways than just running. I think like if we're if we want to take it to the other end, it's like mm-hmm. this is probably what counseling does. Probably. I mean, and this, it works probably in the same way where you're able to talk to somebody who's not going to tell anything about what you're saying and you're able to tell him everything that you think and feel that is horrible about you Yeah. with the knowledge that no one else has to know about it. The stuff you don't want to put words to. Yeah, yeah you get to put words to. That it. is a part of you. Yeah. And you call this what, counseling with your demon? Or what did uh, you say? I, I said I consult, consult. my demon. Consult. Okay. Yeah. 
Is that the end of your morning ritual? Well, that's the third lap. After that, so that's been twenty, a little less than 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is 40 minutes, so that's halfway done. Okay. Um, then, I, then I go for, then I finish it out with a walk. Um, at that point, I take off my shoes, and if I had a hat or a hood on, that comes off. Because mm-hmm. then I try to uh, have bare feet and bare head. Yeah. So there's this, there's this thing out there called grounding that I've been trying. Um, and basically, it's just really good for your body to, to have no barrier between you and the sun and the ground. Okay. It's like, it's like the body is a battery. Yeah. And uh, it's just a, it's a way to charge the battery. I'd like to hear more about that. Because I, I, I sort of understand, like right now I'm sensing my feet on the ground. Yeah. And it's a good feeling. But that's it mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, so like where, where does this come from? Well, it's not just, it's not just the fact that it's not shoes. It's, it's on the dirt. It's, it's, it has to do with, um, and I this don't... This is true. This is straight up, or is this like... As much as I've been able to understand, it's, uh, it's a step above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> to understand the whys and wherefores. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, the, I, I, the theory behind it is that there are a bunch of different ways to look at the human body because it's so complicated. And one way to think about it is uh, an electrical system. Okay. And uh, and there, there is something that happens to the electrical system when it's exposed to the natural earth okay. that you don't get if you're standing on concrete all day. Okay. Now, if you don't believe that, you could still go with the fact that walking on the dirt with bare feet is really good for your joints first thing in the morning. So, mm-hmm. you know, after a run, it's good for your muscles and joints to have that, uh, that tenderness, yeah. the softer ground. Yeah, yeah. So even if you don't want to go with the electrical side, you could at least go okay. with, it's good to get the sunlight first right. thing in the morning and it's good for your joints yeah. to have some dirt exposure. So if you're not a hippie, you can be yeah, there you a go. half hippie. Yeah. So everybody's <laughs> welcome here. <laughs> okay. Um, also, um, getting sunlight exposure first thing in the morning, speaking of the wheel, yeah, sunlight exposure first thing in the morning is really helpful for sleep. Okay. You'll sleep better the next night if you got sunlight first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. even more so than in the afternoon. Yeah. There's something about starting the circadian rhythm first thing, yeah, and it tells your body what to expect over the next 24 hours. Circadian, is that how you pronounce it? Circadian rhythm. Can you do a circadian rhythm when your schedule is flopped and you're on night shift, well, is that a thing? Or do you uh, have to have a day Are you job? talking my kind of night shift or third I'm shift? third shift. I'm talking like um, what kind of, I wonder what kind of challenges those people face. I mean, you couldn't do it perfectly. You could have, you could have lamps that mimic the sun okay. and you could get sun exposure that way. Yeah. Uh, people do that uh, to help with depression also. Yeah. Okay. Or people who live in places where the sun only shines six months out of the year. Yeah, I did watch a documentary about. Um, now that you mentioned sunlight, it's these it's these the individuals that stay in Antarctica over mm. the winter. So Antarctica is a continent that, like, 
during the summer and the spring hours, summer and spring, it's like the sun, because it's at the bottom of the earth, it's always sunny and there's always the sun. But then when the winter, it's the opposite. The, the sun doesn't come out for like months. Like, I don't know how long it is. <clears throat> and like serious things happen. Like even relating to memory, there was a lady, they were actually interviewing this lady who was down there for the winter. And the other thing about it is they, there's a plane that takes off that's the last plane. And there's nothing else for like months. It like, better be on that plane yeah, when man. it leaves. If you're not, you're stuck in Antarctica, and you better hope you have everything you need. Cause, wow. So, but anyways, um, they memory is affected by sunlight, and they will f- legitimately like the late the interviewer you at, you heard the interviewee or the interviewer say, "Now, how does this affect blah blah blah?" And then and then the interviewee who's sitting there in front of the camera, you can see like the glassed over expression happen, and then she goes. Wait, what were we talking about? Like, just that fast. And it's just things like that. That's scary. Yeah. It's just simple. And that's from lack of sunlight? Absolutely. Just 100% lack of sunlight. And now that's a very, you know, nobody hardly ever doesn't go without sunlight for for months at a time. So, like, that's something that we don't have to worry about. But it's Well, that gets to your question, though, about the third shift workers, because they do, or they could, go without sunlight. Yeah. I guess you would have to structure your sleep schedule to where you make sure you get at least a little bit of sunlight every yeah. day. Yeah. But if you've got kids, that makes it even harder. Yeah. So the circadian rhythm is related to the patterns of the earth and how that, and, and le- and how that affects your sleep instead of your sleep affecting itself. Or, you know what I mean? Like, so you have a 24-hour period. If you got, I don't really know what the definition of circadian pattern is, but... Um, I wonder, I was wondering like whether it was more related to however many hours you get asleep of sleep per day or if it's more. Well, I think it's all connected. I mean, I also think it affects more than just sleep. I think it also affects uh, digestion and body. So people who do intermittent fasting, Mm -hmm. they try to align it with specific parts of the day to kind of maximize the benefits. Okay. And sleep is a big part of that. Okay. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head what which ones they go with whether they fast in the morning or at night i I don't i don't remember but i do remember that it's connected somehow okay so here we go definition circadian rhythm is any biological process uh oh boy here we go (laughs) that displays an endogenous intrainable oscillation of about 24 hours love it so it's just what happens to you within 24 hours okay yeah so i was half right i guess yeah okay um um so here let me finish this up real quick yeah um so I've done this walk for 10 to 15 minutes, and then I finish up with a cold shower. The cold shower is less than a minute long. Mm-hmm. It's really quick. Um, but I feel amazing afterwards. Cold only? Cold or only. Or hot thing cold? Well, I've, I'm pretty sweaty at that point. Yeah. Because I've been walking around with a, with a hoodie on mm-hmm. for the first 30 minutes of the day, and that's two miles of running. So I'm, okay. I'm almost overheated at this point. Yeah. So the cold shower feels incredible. Yeah. It's like going from going from sauna to an ice bath. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty dramatic change, but it, you feel incredible afterwards. Um, and apparently there's a lot of science behind that too. Mm-hmm. There's this thing called the vagus nerve. Have you heard about this? I've heard of the vagus nerve. It's not like Las Vegas. It's <laughs> V-A-G-U-S. US, yeah. Um, I didn't know about this until just... Uh, maybe a week or two ago. Okay. Um, apparently, it affects 
so much in your body. It's like the connecting point between brain and the rest of the body. Oh, man. So we're talking digestion, heart, other organs, uh, mood, uh, even like taste and saliva. Like it all is affected by this. And what, what helps to hone the vagus nerve is cold exposure. Wow. So basically a cold shower in the morning is way healthier for you than a hot shower. Okay. I will get behind that 100%. Yeah. I, You're a big fan of cold I, showers. I do. And um, even if, even if, like sometimes I'll take my shower after breakfast. I'll come in. It'll be right at 7.30. And then I will eat breakfast. And then by that time, I've cooled down. Usually what I'll do is I'll, even if I don't start it out cold, I'll start it out warm. And then the last minute, I just hit it, hit it with the cold. Uh-huh. And, um, so not longer than a minute. Usually not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless sometimes I get this weird satisfaction out of the cold shower and I'll stay in longer, but, uh, typically it's, it's, it's short. And every time I get out of it, like all of my, everything in my brain's going off at a higher rate. Um, I feel like my, all my systems are working together. Mm-hmm. Like my, my fingertips are tingling, my toes are it's tingling. It's that vagus nerve, man. It's that vagus nerve. <laughs> it's got to be the vagus yeah. nerve. Well, and I'm telling you, if you pair it with exercise, it's incredible. Yeah. To try to do a cold shower, even a quick one, after a full day of being in air conditioning, that's not fun. No. But after you're sweaty yeah. and burning up from exercise, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, it, it also makes it easier, too. Yeah. It is, it, once you, when you're warm, it's easier to you know logically say to yourself i should turn this on the cold instead your of body's hot. craving yeah. relief at that point yeah um so that's it that's the morning ritual it's 40 minutes total um so i've started the day with prayer i have exercised um i've engaged my body mind and spirit and set the tone for the rest of the day mm-hmm. and consistently my life is better because of this thing okay um i'm sure it'll change i mean it's been developing over time yeah I, it's not been the same way for years yeah but but i don't plan on stopping anytime soon and anything that i change to it will probably be an addition instead of a subtraction yeah so yeah when did you when did this become apparent to you because the need for a morning ritual yes because for me it's been recent i don't know how long how long that how long you've been aware of your need for a morning ritual or your benefit from having one it's, it's i guess it's less of a need than it is a significant benefit on your life but for me i don't i guess it's been it hasn't been very long probably a year max um well the 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 main thing starting out was just trying to run trying to get into running okay i mean morning time just works as a great running time yeah there's just something about the the early morning hours that's just really conducive yeah. to getting a good sprint in first thing yeah and then everything else was added kind of just as an experiment. So hearing people talk about meditation, I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. When, when should I do that? Well, I've already got this time dedicated. Let's just try to add it here. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. The, uh, the consulting with your demon thing is great. I mean. I wasn't sure how that would come out as I was describing. It's yeah. a hard thing to describe because yeah. it's, 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 it's a mental exercise but it's also a very spiritual thing yeah. so i yeah yeah it's it's strange but yeah. it seems to be it seems to be at least emotionally beneficial if not beneficial in other ways yeah um yeah 
So, as a whole, health is, it seems to me like that um, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just even with, when we're even talking about sleep, diet, um, exercise, and all those things combined, it seems yeah. like it's it all kind of runs under that. <clears throat> and if you can take responsibility in one area, it makes the other area so much easier. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're not, if you're just coasting through all of these, it would, it would make sense that you would be really overwhelmed at the prospect of getting yeah. your health life in order. Yeah. Like I would completely understand that because you would see, well, there's all these different components. How am I going to, there's just so much. Mm-hmm. But if you start with one, start with the easiest one. For you. For you. Yeah. Uh, I think for a lot of people, actually, it would probably be sleep. If you, if you struggle with sleep, it's going to have such a profound effect on diet and exercise. Yeah. It would probably be easier to get your sleep under control. And then you'd be, that thing, you'd that. have more energy for exercise. You'd have more motivation for the day. Your body with the whole circadian rhythm thing mm-hmm. would be more equipped to handle a, a change in diet. Yeah. I know of a guy that uh, has a rule that no computer, no screen time, phone, computer, anything for 30 minutes before he goes to bed. Hmm. He also doesn't have, his phone isn't his alarm. It's his, it's like one of those old-fashioned snooze alarms, okay. snooze clocks that sits by the bed, you know? Um, and that's, he, because he has, he doesn't want to have to deal with the temptation of turning the alarm off and checking Instagram or something like that. So he, he actually puts his phone in the other room. Would putting it on airplane mode still, that would still be a temptation? I don't know. I don't okay. have to deal with this. My my phone is, is about as technologically advanced as a brick, so... <laughs> I don't have to worry about it very much. Okay. <laughs> but um what has that bled into your health any? What the, what part? The, the having a having a, a dumb phone instead of a smartphone? Um Yes, mentally. Okay. It has. All right. Uh So having a smartphone makes it so easy to be slack. And I and it is hard for me to resist that temptation like harder than harder than almost anything else. I mean, it was so like I I I I've told people before that like my my pat my old job, I was answer I was on I was at a desk and I'd answer a phone a lot of the time. And while or I'd be calling a lot of people kind of thing and yeah. while the phone was like I'd dial a number, it would start ringing and during that time I would have pulled my phone out, opened the Instagram app and scrolled just to fill the void of the 10 seconds. Yeah. Can you believe that? I couldn't believe it. When I realized I was doing that. When did you realize? Uh, I Just, mean, it didn't take much to realize, okay. but it took a lot to quit. Okay. Um, All right. And like that, the the whole like, I don't know, the blue color that screens have must be <laughs> just absolutely uh, obsessive for me because um, I would... And I had to limit like the apps that I was that I allowed myself to have. Mm. I think I had to delete my Instagram app because that was so it was so easy for me to just scroll and scroll. So, yeah, well, um, you know they try to make those things as addictive as possible. Yeah, they do a great job of it. I mean, with the notifications yeah. and the just 
just simple muscle movement. Yeah. It's as easy as it could possibly be. I mean, the only way to make it easier would be if only your eyes have to move. Yeah. That's really the only way to make it easier. Facebook does it better than any other. Yeah. I was on YouTube the other night at my in-law's house. Surfing YouTube, eyes were getting droopy, 10.30 at night. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just check Facebook real quick because I'm getting tired. I'm going to go to sleep. I, I get on Facebook, and I'm not kidding you. My brain woke right up. I was like, all of a sudden, I wasn't tired anymore. It yeah. was so, so crazy. I didn't move a muscle. I was still slouched out in the couch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but all, I don't know how Facebook does it. Uh, it's it's kind of it was when when that happened to me I just couldn't believe it I was like get behind me Satan <laughs> no not quite but uh, it is interesting how all that works out they they are in touch with the psychosis of their viewers yeah so well the way that they've done likes has changed over time is it yeah I have noticed that after I get off Facebook. I'll get a notification almost right away. Wow. And then if I don't check it, I won't get another notification for a while. Wow. How about that? That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. This is totally off topic, but one time I was talking with a friend about the Harry Potter series, and we were discussing in particular how the third movie, the, or the third book, The Prisoner of Azkaban, is the best one. And uh, I went on to YouTube on my phone. Okay, I'm not joking. We hadn't watched any Harry Potter, me and my wife, hadn't watched Harry Potter, searched any YouTube videos. I pulled up the YouTube app, and the like, first three videos were all Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban-related videos. I And I, you hadn't searched I it hadn't before I hadn't searched then. it before. There was no like recent history. So I don't know if that's true or false. I had a similar experience. But it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of... Yeah. I, I just was like, th- that was either a, you know... Yeah. Finding a, a pin in a haystack. No, I've had, I've had a similar experience. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, but that's totally off topic. Um, but I, I did want to answer your question on the whole health, how having a, a dumb phone has helped with my mental health. Um, I would say it's made somewhat of a difference um, in that I don't, yeah, I don't have that distraction anymore. So, like, I'm able just inherently I have to focus on other things. So, it's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it may be different for each person, too. Yeah. It may be no, there may not be a one-size-fits-all. No. I think my wife, her approach to cell phones is probably really similar to yours. Because she keeps talking about how she... I don't know, a track phone just sounds really nice to her. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's for the same reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you... Because I also want to hear about your food, your food stuff. Okay. Um, I I don't regulate. I, I'm not very conscious in terms of what my diet looks like. At one point, you were tracking calories. I did that for like a week. Okay. And I can't remember why. I think I was interested in, I had some sort of exercise-related goal or body image-related goal that I wanted to meet. Um, and then, I so I did that for a while trying to track mostly my macros, my carbohydrates, my, my fat intake and my protein intake. But then it just kind of got, I, I kind of, it kind of fell off the bandwagon a little bit. You got to be pretty committed to, uh, track calories every day. Yeah. You got to log everything you eat. Yeah. Well, you, you do that some too. My app didn't have 
the, the, the QR or the barcode thing. Yeah, that makes it so much easier. All you have to do is scan. Man, I was typing in, I would type in mashed potatoes, and then it would bring up, <laughs> it would always be like, or Ida, or like, you know, I would have all the brands, and uh-huh. it's like, I'm not eating these, I'm just eating regular, and then you'd have to, peeled, unpeeled, buttered, salted, and it uh-huh. had all these options, it was really, really not fun, so... I, I track food maybe once a week. It's not very consistent, and I don't have a specific day of the week that I do it. Okay. Uh, if it's if it's easy to do, if no one else is, if we're not eating with anybody else, mm-hmm. so I know what all the food is because it's from the house. Yeah. If we're not going out to eat or anything like that, um, I'll do it just to get an idea. If I if I have one day in my head and I know, then I can kind of base the other days off of that and know whether it was more or less. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of a estimate standard, yeah. I guess. Um, I'd, l- I'd try to eat at least 2,500 calories a day because I, I'm a, a naturally very skinny person. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, if I'm not conscious about it, I'll just start losing weight. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the complication for me. So it's, a, it's not, it's not trying to lose weight. It's the opposite. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about intermittent fasting? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I still haven't tried this because I know I've been, I knew, I know you've been doing this for a while. Um, but I haven't, I haven't, uh, jumped on the wagon yet. So I'd like probably to hear, around a year, maybe a little longer. Yeah. So, um, what is it? Well, what does it look like and why do you do it? Well, I've been getting stricter and stricter with it right now, about half of the week I eat within a six-hour window, and I fast in an 18-hour window. For most of the time experimenting with this, it's been the opposite. I've been fasting during a uh, 16-hour window and eating during an eight-hour window. I'm trying to close it in a little bit more. I can't do that every day because when we eat with other people, it throws it off because people Mm -hmm. eat later in the evening. Mm -hmm. So some days it's more like uh, 11 and 13 or something like that, but... Why, do you, why is this important to you? Um, I mean, the easy answer is I just feel better. Um, but there's more to it than that. I don't get as hungry as I used to. Okay. So I feel like I'm actually taking control of one of my Bodily. basic impulses. Wow, okay. Um, and that's, that's really... I don't even know if satisfying is the right word. Maybe just encouraging. Okay. Uh, the fact that I can actually get one of my impulses under somewhat controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not perfect. I mean, I still get hungry, but it's not overwhelming like it used to be. Okay. If I'm hungry, my body knows that it can wait okay. because I've waited so many times now. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not all-consuming like it used to be. So... I mean, there there are other there are other benefits that I've learned about since experimenting with it. I mean, I've been learning about this thing called autophagy, that apparently is really important, and you only get that once you reach like the sixteen hour mark. Okay. Um, so I guess that would be the reason why eighteen instead of sixteen. Okay. But if we're talking the overarching reason, those are the main two. Okay. It feels good, and, and you're proud of the fact that you have control over this yeah thing. i don't even know if proud is the right word i think more just encouraged than anything else okay yeah um so what does that look like on a day-to-day basis it looks like um i don't eat before 
10 a.m. And I stop eating uh, between 4 and 5. What's the hardest part of this? Probably that last hour. The first last thing in the hour? morning. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like the, the early, early the morning. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Yeah. thing. That's, that's when I'm running. Yeah. I had a... I actually um, did something similar to this. Okay. Um, it was during Lent, and I um, didn't eat any breakfast until after I'd had the Lord's Supper, which I know is something that you do sometimes. Um, Wait, say that again? I don't... On Sunday mornings, I didn't eat breakfast or have any, any food until after I'd had communion. Yeah. So communion is the first thing that you yeah. eat. Yeah. Um, didn't really like it. Okay. Uh, and it wasn't because it was overwhelmingly hard. The first, I w- like we wake up at 6 or 6.30, and f- like same with you, the first thing is the, the 6.30 to 7.30 was the hardest. Like my yeah. stomach's trying to eat itself. Like I like have this overwhelmingly um, desire to eat something, um, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly strong desire to eat something. Um, but after I passed that mark, it was easier it was easier to to not eat anything until, and it wound up being around like twelve thirty mm. um, that I would actually eat. But so I don't know how long Lent was, eight weeks or something. Yeah, um, I hesitate to recommend the uh, don't eat anything before the Lord's Supper because for so long my wife was the one who made church breakfast, yeah. and so I felt like <laughs> if I talk about it, that would be like going against her her kind of ministry thing. Yeah. Um, but it has been a really positive thing for me. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see any, I was just hungry. Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because the, the Sunday before I started doing this, we had, I don't know who made the, the church breakfast, but it was magnificent. Some of those are so good. They're, yeah. And I, I can, I remember feeling blessed by the Lord that I, I could just anytime swing by and get myself a sausage biscuit, man. Yeah. It was like I just every time I had it, and I think at this point I knew that the next Sundays were going to be difficult. Um, so and it's maybe a community that was, experience too. Yeah. It's yeah. So maybe that was part of it, but I think, but I think I'm going to pick it back up where I'm eating on Sunday mornings because I was because that's such a blessing because food is such a blessing. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think part of what part of your intermittent fasting thing has been. You you've been able to realize, okay, man, this is awesome that I get to have strawberries with my breakfast, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you really like have this great, you have this richer experience. Yeah, food tastes better since I've been on this thing. Significantly uh, better, like you can you can tell. Like I enjoy, I enjoy food more. The taste of food, man. Giving myself a space where I can't have it makes me appreciate it more. Yeah. And also, I didn't expect this. After the window is up, after the six hours or eight hours or however long it is, okay. I'm actually pretty ready to stop again. Okay. Because I'm not, I'm not restricting my calories during that window, so I'm still having at least 2,500 calories in a day. In that, it's just packed hours. into a six-hour window instead of a 12-hour window. So when when we when you first started this, you were like 10 hours of eating, 14 hours of not eating. Yeah, correct? I think. I think I started 12 and 12, actually. Okay. Because you worked your way down to yeah. 6 and 18. Well, it started with it started with thinking... I mean, I had done some reading on the, the health benefits of it, but also just thinking mentally in my head, like, how many people... How many people eat more than 12 hours a day? 
most most people I do yeah more than 12 hours a day yeah and and how much of a break does that give your body like mm-hmm. with it's digesting all the time okay because if it takes like two and a half how long does it take to digest two and a half hours three something, hours yeah something like so that. your body like never gets a break okay um so once I realized that I was like wow well I can at least do 12 hours yeah that's just that's just one extra hour probably I can yeah. do that okay I'm gonna sleep for most of that time anyway and it's it's slowly progressed from there. Is is more restriction better? Is more better? I mean, within reason. Yeah, that's that kind of the point I was getting at. Like, where's the where's the reason? Where's the point? Not the reason. Where's the point at which it's no longer benefiting? Well, some people do it in cycles. Some people will do a couple days and then they'll do this this intense refeed huh. that's just as intense as the fasting cycle okay so long term over the spec over the span of a month they're still getting the same amount of food or at least close to it maybe right. less but close okay but they also have pretty intense periods of fasting during that time too okay it's a more long term look yeah. than a day to day look i'm doing more of a day to day thing yeah I'm not doing multiple day fasts. So are you going to, um, I guess what I'm asking is, are you going to go down to four hours? Is that on the, is that on the horizon? No, probably not. If I, if I restrict it anymore, it'll probably be picking a day, maybe Saturday where I just go for a full 24 hours every week. Okay. Um, that's fascinating. It's still not multiple days though. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I want something that's sustainable yeah. over a long period of time. I want something that I can do at least six days out of seven, because that adds up to so many days out of the year. Mm-hmm. Like if you can find something consistent to do, and this is actually you were talking about underlying things like mm-hmm. take responsibility for your life. Right. This is a big one for me. If you can, if you can build a small habit, just a little bit each day, that magnifies to like so much over the course of a year. So with my morning ritual, I I did the math and I've got it right here. So 40 minutes a day in the morning time, if I can just get that 40 minutes under control and get act kind of activate my body, mind and spirit 40 minutes every day. Consciously. Yeah. Even if the whole rest of the day is utter chaos, (laughs) if I've just got those 40 minutes. Okay. Give me the number. That comes out to... 4.7 4.7 hours a week. Okay. Five hours a week. 20.7 hours a month. Uh-huh. And it's 10 full 24-hour days a year. So, Which is 20 real days. You only are right, awake for 12. Right. So you get 20. So that's the equivalent of of almost a month. Uh-huh. That just of, comes from 40 minutes a day. Wow. You get a month of you time. Where not you time and, in that sense, but and and just kind of al- aligning my my body and my mind and my spirit mm-hmm. in a way that I want to have all day. Yeah. But if I can just get those forty minutes, okay, it adds up to wow, to weeks at a time. Yeah, it does over the course of over the course of a year. Um, plus, you know, if you can build the habit in a small way, you'll be more likely to do more in that category in other ways too. 
So like if you drink, if you drink a cup of water first thing in the morning, you're more likely to drink more water later in the day, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Man, I wish I knew this 10 years ago or five years ago or two years ago. <laughs> um, the math thing or? No, no, just okay. the, the, the whole thing of you have, there's two ways that you can sort of look at your life. And I, I keep wanting to preface this. Every time I talk, I, I just want to, like, I keep wanting to say, like, you and I are not perfect at this. I certainly am not. And uh, so, like, I still, I'm still trying to work all this out. Right. Um, but just having the knowledge, like, having the goal to strive for this intentionality in the morning and just how much it bleeds into the intentionality for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, would have been really helpful for me in college in particular. Um, because almost every, especially near the end, every test that came up, I was just absolutely flying by the seat of my pants, like studying on my penny board on the way to class kind of thing. Instead of, you know, being prepared and having done the work beforehand. And if I had known that if I had taken control of one part of my life, I could have, I could have done better with that kind of stuff would have been good. I think my brother actually watched a YouTube video once in middle school and changed his life. And the, the YouTube video was titled um, something along the lines of Navy SEAL explains why you should make your bed every day. Or like maybe it's just make your bed every day. And he said that he started making his bed every day. And do you remember what my brother's room looked like? Probably not. Maybe you don't. Uh, I, I think I remember trying to block it out of my yeah. memory. <laughs> It was it was a disaster. I mean, it looked like a tornado had gone into his closet yeah. and thrown everything out. You could not see the floor. I'm not yeah. kidding. And then, uh, but then all of a sudden, he like started having a clean room. His his bed was made. You could actually you know see the floor and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, and that's along the lines of take control of making your bed. So, well, that's that's uh, Jordan Peterson's thing is clean your room. It's the same same yeah. thing. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about with health? Have we talked about sleep? Not really. Do you I've want to keep talking about diet? No, I, I don't okay. have anything else out. I tried um, a no-meat diet for a little while. I remember that vegetarian yeah. or something. I didn't, I didn't completely go vegan, but it was close. Yeah. Um, it was okay. It was okay. It was fine. Yeah, it wasn't as terrible as I thought it would be. Yeah. I thought I would really hate not having meat. Uh-huh. It actually wasn't that bad. Um, I'm back to a normal diet again. Yeah. So, I don't know. Meat just tastes so good. Yeah, it does. Um, it was just an experiment. I like to experiment with stuff. Yeah. I've, I'm toying with the idea of trying the other extreme. And doing all meat. Yeah. You're going to need it's a bigger bank account. <laughs> yeah, and we don't have that kind of money right now. <laughs> oh, I would do, what I would do is I, if I were to do it, it would be not just, not just like steak. It would be, other parts of the animal too. Okay. I'd be eating like head to tail. Yeah. So I would be eating liver and collagen and you stuff know, like you that. You can like, you can get like a whole, like my my mother in law gets a half of a uh, half a cow every year. She gets a half a cow and she gets half a pig. Like there's plans where you can. And that's more than just the the muscle. Mm-hmm. I think she gets you know like with the pig she gets you know like pork loin, sausage. 
bacon, all sort, you know, half of whatever. Um, and so you sort of get the whole thing. You might could do that because uh, I think it's, I mean, I'm sure it's a big expense on the front end, but it more or less probably works itself out. You work on it for months probably. Yeah. Plus, mm. um, plus you, they're all, it's like pasture grown and stuff like that. Well, the hard part for me with stuff like this is, you know, it's not just me. It's also my wife and child. Yeah. And and my wife doesn't necessarily want to do all these yeah. experiments with me. <laughs> yeah. So just because I want to go all meat, yeah. that doesn't mean that she wants to. Yeah. So Has it been, is it, it would seem kind of exhausting to me to go through all these experiments. Like me and my wife were talking about this. We were like, we could not do these, all these experiments that Connor <laughs> does because we would just, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe if you if you tell it to yourself, like, I'm just going to do this as an experiment and yeah. not as, like, die hard, I'm yeah. going to do this, then it would help whenever you dropped it. Yeah, it's not for a year. Like, I think when I started the time-restricted eating, I think I only gave myself, it was either for the summer or it was just for a month or maybe two months. It, it was a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give myself long enough to where if there was an effect, I wanted to feel it. Yeah. But I also wanted to know that it wasn't permanent. Okay. Yeah. But that one's been really good. I yeah. mean, I've I've wanted to keep that one up. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Water. Water is important too. I try and drink how much is this? 2 liters or maybe a liter and a half. Not 2 liters, a liter and a half maybe. I try and drink 3 of them a day at least. So I don't know how much that makes. How do you how do you pull that off? Uh well, right now I'm working on the farm with Dad, so I um, I take one up with me for the morning, come back, try and drink one or half of one during lunch, then take another one up for after lunch, and then try and drink another one while I'm at, back at home after work day. So, do you notice any benefits from drinking more water? Um, I don't drink it. This is that's not enough to. I, I have gone through times in my life where, like, when I had a desk job, um, they had, like, bottles of water in the fridge, and I would try and have, like, five or six of those during the workday, and um, I I felt great. Like, I never had, um, I never had, like, those dehydration headaches. Mm-hmm. Usually, dehydration headaches aren't really headaches. They're more like just in the back of your you can kind of feel like, I don't know, it's sort of like an exhaustion on your brain kind of thing. They're bad for me. My, with my family, they're really bad. You like... They're... Even if even if you're not really dehydrated, even if you're just behind a little bit on, on your water... I have to be careful with it. Yeah. Well, um, I don't... You don't have any of those. Okay. Whenever you have lots of water, I don't. Um, and my uh, my bowels were the most regular thing. Three times That's a, a big day. life improvement, man. Yeah, man. Easy as pie, too. Like, it was great. So we'll I talk really... about something life-changing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've been meaning to get one of those, like, Gatorade things, you know, with the little spigot at the bottom. And you can... And I want to... been wanting to take it up to the barn to, so we can have more water. Because really, I need to have two... I need to have, like, six of those a day if I'm going to be getting the amount that I need. So... Especially with running. Yeah. And working in the sun. Yeah. Um, so what about for somebody, let's ask the same question like we did with the f- fitness. If somebody 
realizes in themselves, okay, I would like to work on this whole health thing as a you know, mental health and taking responsibility, um, what would be the first step to doing that? Well, I mean, we've talked about how some people enter the cycle easier in certain ways than others. I really do still think, I know I said this earlier, I think for a lot of people, the the easiest one is sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are exceptions. Some people really struggle with insomnia. And yeah. so that would be a really hard one to start with to get under control. You'd almost have to do others to make that happen with something. Just like to build up, if chronic. nothing else, just to build up the mental fortitude because mm-hmm. it's going to be so hard. It's such a long-term thing to get under control. You'd have to see some success in other areas yeah. just to have the motivation to keep trying. Well, people with chronic insomnia, it's not a fault of their own. Right. So like... Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking laziness here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but for most people, I think sleep is probably a really good one. Um, Now, with I mean, that's just conjecture because for me it was different. It was diet that was Mm -hmm. the big one. Um, I don't struggle with a lot of sleep issues. Yeah. So, so for me, um, diet was the easiest thing to. to be as intentional as I as I possibly could with it. Okay. I was I was starting to get I don't know, maybe disenchanted with working out. Mhm. And I I knew that I wanted to keep it up, but mentally it was getting harder and harder. Okay. And the the boost of energy that I'm starting to notice the benefits from have come from the diet side. Okay. So I'm starting to get back into working out again. Mm-hmm. I used your your pain cave yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, but that has come from the encouragement that I'm seeing on the diet side. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm more. I think my, um, the question I was asking is like, if I, speaking to myself as a college student, and I knew that I needed to, um, sort of get my life into more control. What would be the best thing? What would be one thing that I could do? Oh, so we're talking more practical, I guess, than so. just which which category? Yeah, I okay. think I think for me it would probably um, it would probably be just pick one thing that you can consistently do. Just one one thing that you can consistently do every day or every time you do it. So yeah, if it if it was really hard for me to not eat sweets, then maybe pick something like. Um, make your bed every day or, you know, yeah, something like that where I can see, okay, I've done that. Maybe I can add on to some, something else onto that. Here, this could be another way to say what you're saying, I think. It's the same idea. So with my morning ritual, it's about 40 minutes every day. It doesn't have to, you don't have to have a morning ritual starting out. But what if you said... I'm going to try to be really intentional with 40 minutes every day of my life. Hmm. So that's a lot easier than trying to control the whole day and trying to get your the, mm-hmm. all of your life in order. Yeah. But if you can get 40 minutes in order, then you can slowly expand your territory from okay. there. So 40 minutes 
is a good number for me because it's 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 more than 30 minutes so it requires commitment but it's also not an hour <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> an hour is just mentally that's like hard like the idea of working out for an hour mm-hmm. is mentally that's like whoa yeah work out for an hour especially if you're actually working out right but 30 minutes it's a short enough time that the whole time you're working out you're thinking is it over yet is it over yet right 40 minutes mentally it's like the perfect balance yeah you you have to just you have to slog through it but you're not slogging for that long either. Yeah. So 40 minutes is a good rule. Inherently, I wind up, that's about what I wind up doing as well. Okay. Um, I think my workouts ten, generally tend to be in that range. Like if they're going to a full hour, um, it's in it. And like, I think I talked at one point about how it depends on what kind of workouts that you're doing. Like if you're yeah. going to be a competitive power lifter or bodybuilder, then that's, then you definitely need that full hour. But if you're... But the person who is trying to get started right. isn't going to be a yeah. bodybuilder anyway. No, so. no. So, yeah, 40 minutes is good. 35 minutes is better than 30 minutes, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just pick a number. <laughs> you can expand from there. Yeah. So, overall, having having had taken responsibility has vastly improved my relationship. Um, I think in every area of my life, like it's improved. It's because you, you, everything requires commitment and intentionality if it's going to be anything. Mm -hmm. So like it's improved my relationship with my wife, with, um, with, God, it's improved my relationship with others. It's improved my relationship with myself. Um, so, what is that? I can't express it enough. Well, it, in 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 the in the the marriage category, I know we're talking about health, but but people who aren't married don't realize how much intentionality is required. Mm-hmm. Once you enter the marriage phase, right? They I th- people assume I assumed that that the connection between husband and wife would would be as easy as it was during dating and engagement. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to really experience it to to know what we're talking about. Yeah. So what practically what does that look like for the unmarried person? No, for you as a married person, what does it look like to to be intentional? Oh, okay. Your relationship with your wife. Um, well, like, do you set aside I, a specific time of no, day? Or? No, it's more like um, I I tend to gravitate towards the ways that I love her easiest. And those that's two ways. One is um, with acts of service. Okay. And with gifts. So those are so there's four. There's acts of service, gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Uh, my wife experiences them, experiences the opposite too as me. They're, she's a quality time and physical touch person. And the way that I, the way that's easiest for me to show love is through acts of service and by gifts. Yeah. And so by being intentional with my wife, it's just easiest for me to do that. Like change the baby's diaper instead of having her do it or picking her flowers and putting them on her bedside table or just little things like that. Um, with, and so that, and you have to, and you have to do that very intentionally. And so 
I mean, I guess the best way to do it would be to do it in the ways that she feels love the most, which would be physical touch and quality time. That would be the best way I could intentionally, but I'm just not at that point yet where I can I can do that super consistently and intentionally. So I, I wind up gravitating towards the way that I show it easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I get, does that kind of answer your yeah, question? Yeah, that makes sense. Because um, yeah. it would be really easy for me after lifting... 300 pound timbers all day with my dad to sort of you know pig out on the couch and sort of let her handle the baby for the rest of the evening but I I really try and make an effort to help out with the baby when I get back from work and that really is the biggest thing for me um for that's how I do it the easiest and because um that's because the baby is really stressful for me so like if she were to do that for me that would be awesome yeah so that makes sense. Yeah. But my but my wife also needs, she has this thing called a Macklin meter. And when the Macklin meter starts to get low, <laughs> things start to go downhill. Um, so she has to have, she needs a, uh, a fuel refill every once in a while. Um, and so anyways, that, so having intentional time where I spend time with her and just her would be something that uh, I could do as well. Do you think uh, this is more big picture? Do you think taking responsibility in the fitness area of your life makes it easier to take responsibility in other areas? I would say so. Because working out is such an easy equation, Mm -hmm. at least in theory. I mean, it's hard to do in practice, but in theory, it's pretty easy. I mean, you put in the time, you lift the weights, and you get stronger. Right. So Sure. Um, I would say... Don't expect it to be directly, like if you're listening to this and you're wondering if the answer to the, what the answer to the question is, the answer is uh, not directly. Like, and in, in what I mean by that is you're sitting there with your wife and you're like, okay, do I want to turn on the TV or do I want to try and have an engaging conversation with her and really see how she's doing? If those are your options, you're not going to think back to, okay, I worked out this morning, therefore I can... I can do the harder thing and ask her how she's doing and have this intentionality of a conversation. Um, however, that being said, having that having that pattern down of doing the harder thing, even though it's harder and even though it's not as easy, um, sort of lends itself to just following that in this in this regard as well. And for me, it's come into play with my relationship with God too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so much of my relationship with him at this stage of my life is duty led and it's not been a reciprocal I pray he loves me back or I love him he loves me back or even I ask him to do something and he does it for me it's it's not been that way lately at all right and so there hasn't been a whole lot of communication from him so it's been a lot of me choosing to pray and read the scriptures out of a sense of duty to do it even though I don't really want to do it um so that's good to hear. Who knows where that's going to lead? Um, and it's discouraging at times, for sure. But because I, you know, same thing, because I wake up at 545, even though, even though I don't want to, um, I can pray even though I don't really want to, and yeah. I can work out even though I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that there's not a direct correlation in, in the categories, but I think, I think there is a a mental and emotional benefit that you can translate. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, if I, if I choose, if I choose to make myself suffer a little bit each morning with running with a hoodie on Mm -hmm. during a summer morning and I start the day with some discomfort, Mm -hmm. if I force myself to be present, even though my brain wants to wander, Mm. it makes it easier to suffer in little ways later on in the day too. Yeah. Because I haven't started the day by trying to avoid suffering. Yeah. We spend so much time, uh, in our lives, just trying to avoid suffering, mm-hmm. trying to get as comfortable as possible. I mean, we're sitting in an air conditioned room right now. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we're trying to be as comfortable as we possibly can be. Yeah. Um, we don't like awkwardness. We don't like pain. Yeah. We don't like, uh, any kind of discomfort, but if you, if you make yourself feel some small suffering, you can at least get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will still hurt. Yeah. It's still suffering. It doesn't stop being suffering. Right. But, but at least you've been there before. Yeah. And you, you know, you know what it takes to get through. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in a, in a sense, this is sort of the way I was raised. Um, I was never raised with this like, uh, butterfly look at the world. It it was always pretty pessimistic. Like son, life is going to be hard. Is what my dad would say a lot. Um, and so, like, and he and he wasn't doing that so that I would, you know, despair all the time. But he was doing that so that, so that maybe I would grow accustomed to the idea, so that whenever suffering does happen, I I have the ability to to face it in a, you know, in a way yeah. that I wouldn't have otherwise if I had thought everything was, you know, happy and sunny all the time. Well, it also makes the happy moments better. Yeah. You know, if you're not trying to create a happy moment. And then the happy moment does come. Yeah. It's so much better. Yeah, it's great. And it's easier to let it go, too. If you're mm-hmm. not trying to grasp it or, you know, control it, yeah. make the day as happy as possible. Yeah. How, you know, how many books are there about maximizing happiness? Yeah. It's too many. Yeah. You could fill a books a million with it. Yeah. I, I don't think happiness is the is the the most important thing to pursue in life. This is something that I've that I've been considering like the different stages of my life. And I kind of, I came to the full realization of this, but I am in the period of my life where I am learning, you know, like I have, I have small responsibilities. Like I have a son who's very small. I have a wife who's very easy to take care of. So like, I'm starting to have responsibilities. Before this, it was it was like I was just seeking adventure in every way. You and I would go crawling around in the tunnels of Jackson, yeah, kind of climbing mountains all the time, kind of thing, and not and just learning about uh, I don't know what the world is like. Um, but but then but now you I, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm in this period where um, I'm learning so much. And not like the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. It's like, it's like, what can I take? How much can I take? Can I take it? Yeah. Uh, and it also is like, how much do I know about God? Where is my relationship with him? Um, it's also, you know, what do I want my relationship with Reagan to look like? And I, and I started thinking about this because in the church, there's there are these elders that are in this totally different part of life who when called upon to ask or when called upon to teach Sunday school, they can, it's easy. You know, they, they have all this knowledge that they can bring to the table 
And so I'm not really at that point right now. I'm still, I'm not in the part where I can, I can really cohesively, you know, give a lesson, a Sunday school lesson like they can, you know. And I'm, even if you could, you haven't owned it yet. Right. It's not yours. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's hard. Like this is not a really easy time. There's yeah. there's been a lot of times where I'm like I felt very unqualified, unprepared, uh, kind of like you know unimportant in some ways because all because I because my body I just feel like I'm learning all this stuff mm-hmm. about what it takes to be a man. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad you brought that up because I've been feeling the same way. Ansel and I have been talking about this lately. Man. And I, you and I haven't talked about this yet, so no. this is really cool. Um, there have been a lot of opportunities at my job right now to get to to get extra hours, uh, to work some really crazy, crazy hours, okay. um, like third shift stuff and things like that. Okay. Um, and when when Angel and I were talking about you know should I take that on for a short time, it was it was right before our son was born. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it. But, you know, one factor was, well, you know, if, if there's, if there's money involved, that's always a good thing, you know, with a, with a newborn coming, that's important. But also the, the big factor that we both thought, okay, this is the most important thing to consider when trying to figure out, you know, should, should I work that many hours in the week? Is this too much? The big thing was, I need to know if I can do it. Like, I don't know what my limit is. Mm -hmm. And it's really important at this point in my life that I figure that out. Yeah. How, how well do I function on 60 hours a week, 60 hours working a week? Yeah. How well do I function on 80 hours? Mm-hmm. Like, am I, where, when am I more productive? How much is too much? When does it get stressful? Yeah. How long can I sustain that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I said that, Angela was like, yeah, that's right. Like you do need to figure that out. That's mm. important. Mm-hmm. This is this is the time of life to discover that yeah. about yourself. Yeah. So yeah, to have that encouragement was really helpful. So I completely yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. And so I think, and and this is this is the and here's the reason I brought this up because my question through this whole podcast where we, you've been talking about all these experiments that you've been taking on where I've been talking about these hard workouts that I've been putting myself through. Yeah. My question then in my head has been, how long is this, how long can we do this? How long is this sustainable? And I don't think it's forever. This learning phase? No, this this whole thing of putting yourself through suffering. Oh, okay. So that you can learn where your limitations are. Because, and the reason I, and, the, and I, I kept thinking like, I don't need to ask that question because, you know, as long as we stay committed, we'll keep doing it. But I think the answer is you don't have to. I mean, there will be a point where you figure out where your limitation is. You go to that point, And once you've been to that point enough, you can be, you, you can be, you know, satisfied with where you settle yourself eventually. And here's a great example. Okay. Um, yeah, and, I need an example. Here. Okay. This is, and it, this may, this may be a, a small enough example that doesn't, that you don't quite understand it or that I don't quite understand either. But one thing I thought about was when my dad and I build fires, there's two fires in the cabin. Usually um, I build one and he builds one when we go, you know, and so we both, we each, and I'm like all natural, man. Newspaper, small shreds of paper, small sticks, 
bigger stakes, logs. <clears throat> I like, you know, light a match. I light the newspaper. I try and blow this fire to add, you know, to life and all that. You know, I'm like trying to prove to myself that I can make a fire out of nothing but matches and wood, basically. Dad, on the other hand, he goes in the other room. He throws a bunch of logs on the fire, some smaller logs maybe, maybe a little bit of newspaper, douses the whole thing in kerosene, diesel, white gas, whatever is whatever flammable liquids on, on hand. Yeah. He just throws it on there. Throw he doesn't even use a match. He's like he uses a candle lighter, which he also uses to light his pipe. Yeah. <laughs> um and he just has no qualms about doing that. Um and so it does that kind of answer your question where like He's gotten to the point where he's proved he can make a fire with just newspaper and logs and wood. And he doesn't have to prove himself that to himself anymore. He can throw kerosene on it, and he feels fine about it. And so I wonder if that applies in a bigger spectrum. Like, And I'm not saying that when you get to a certain age, you don't have to try hard anymore. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying more like you'd, you've gotten to the point where you know where you're, what you're capable of. And you can be content with maybe not doing that, you know, every day, all day kind of thing. So, like, to take the work example, just because you find out that you can handle 60 hours of work a week, that doesn't mean that's what you're going to do every day right. until the day you die. Yeah. Okay. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes because sense. Because the older generation, they're not trying, you know, typically they're not, they're not going out there you know, at five in the morning and just working out like crazy to prove to themselves that they can handle it. Um, they maybe work out so that they, you know, stay in healthy enough shape or whatever. But generally, they've, they've figured out that they can take that. And so they, they settle where they want to be. I don't know. I think there's a, da- there's a line there where you don't want to get too, you know, lax about um, your life. But at the same time, you don't want to like die early because you're, you know, pushing yourself all the time. Well, I think the life stage thing is a big part of it. Yeah. You and I are definitely in the learning stage. Yeah. Uh, my my self experiments are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Podcast listening is a big part of that for me. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts in the day, and I'm learning uh, just as much, if not more, now mentally as as I was in college. Yeah. The the whatever phase I was in college is still very much continuing mm-hmm. in terms of 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 mental learning, building yeah. my building my mind. Yeah. And it's through podcasts. Yeah. Because the beauty of podcasts is you can multitask. Yeah. Um so I'm getting extra hours of learning in a day that I normally wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. So well that was a great yeah. Recording session. Anything else you have to add? That's about it, man. All right. We didn't talk that much about sleep. Uh, get sleep, people. Get sleep. <laughs> it's important. If you're lucky enough to not have to try, then you don't even have to worry about it, I think. Um, as long as you're getting seven hours of sleep. Have you heard of aura rings? Nope. It's a ring that you put on your finger, and, and it tracks all your sleep cycles. Oh. So it tells you how long of the night you dreamed, how long you were in the really deep phase. And your fingers can get that? Well, I think they, I think it's through... Um, oh, like a Bluetooth thing to your phone? 
well, it syncs it with your phone to show you, but it okay. also, I think it tracks it by um, heart rate and stuff like that. Okay. But it's a, it's a ring. Wow. It's like a, it's like a Fitbit, but it goes around your finger. Huh. And it's designed for sleep. That's fascinating. It's like $300. That's not fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, man. Signing out.